Dr. Jen Wagner has spent the last 20 plus years of her life in human performance and medicine. She moved from being her own high performer as a D1 soccer athlete to working with the best in the world at Stanford Medical School as a resident and faculty, to bettering the lives as an operating room doctor, to now catalyzing elite performers to reimagine what is possible as the chief medical officer and director of operations at Liminal Collective Human Performance. Her unique background in athletics, fitness, exercise, physiology, medicine, leadership, human performance, and business have allowed her to work with the best in the world across multiple genres, ranging from professional and Olympic sport to elite military, creatives, and business. She is passionate about athletics, leadership, democratizing elite human performance skills and opportunity, specifically for women. She deeply believes women deserve programs designed for their unique physiology, social and occupational challenges, and perspectives on life, balance, and success. This is why Jen, with a phenomenal team by her side, has created Prosper. Check it out at weprosper.co. On today's podcast, we talk about what it is like for women to explore their interests outside of their schooling and to open their minds to what life could hold for them if they pursued their passions with vigor. We also talk very intently on how to foster, create, and hire an elite team to help you and your business grow. Without further ado, Dr. Jen Wagner. Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. We interview women in the sports and entertainment businesses to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. Let's bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join us week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Jen Wagner. She is the Chief Medical Officer, Operations Director of the Liminal Collective and founder of Prosper, launching later this year. We are so excited to have you, Dr. Jen Wagner. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, It's just awesome to be able to talk about women in leadership and how we get there and how we help others get there. So thanks again. Yeah, my pleasure. I feel like we're friends already. So I definitely don't want to leave out the doctor part of your story (laughs) because it's such an incredible accomplishment and lends so strongly into what you're you're doing, what you're working towards achieving. But I want you to tell us uh, who you are and what you do in your own words. Sure. Um, So my name is Jen Wagner. Um, By training, I am a physician, uh, but super specialty. I'm a pediatric anesthesiologist. so grew up in Arizona, uh, went to Clemson University to play soccer, uh, uh, played Division I soccer there in the late 90s, and then went on and got a master's in exercise physiology and then on to medical school at the University of Arizona, and then did residency and fellowship at Stanford and then stayed on faculty at Stanford for about a little over eight years. Um, and then our family relocated to Utah um, just for kind of story of why I'm doing what I'm doing now, but just really needed priorities and um, just moved to a place where we could feel like we could balance um, our lives a little bit better. My husband is also a physician and we have two children. And so that brought us to Utah where I became the director of perioperative services and the co-chief of anesthesia uh, 
Shriners Hospital for Children. And then in 2021, they underwent a large model shift. And with that, it was, I was going to need to go back into the, a very similar environment that I had purposely left um, and kind of lose all of the control and the boundaries that I had created to kind of live the life I wanted to have the career I wanted to be home when I wanted to. And so at that point, I just decided to really shift gears and transition and was super fortunate to be connected to the crew at the Liminal Collective and became a partner with them for the last two years, kind of diving really deep back into the human performance world. And um, I'm sure we'll get to this more, but just like along my whole journey from high school athletics through what I do now, we just were never really talking about women and what women need and how to support women and how women are just plopped into these programs that are kind of designed by men for men. And, and we are always kind of the tagline or the afterthought or the adaptation instead of being the primary receiver of the information that's being given or the environment in which we're working. And, so this year, as Liminal was reorganizing a little bit, we sat down as a team and said, what are we all really passionate about? Where, where is our sense of purpose? And how do we move forward in that? And I just really said, this is the opportunity I've been waiting for to kind of launch this new adventure. So that's how Prosper was born, um, with a lot of hard work from a lot of really great women and men who have contributed. And that's where we are today. Well, I cannot wait to dive into that a little bit more, but before we go to Prosper, I want to talk a little more about you. You are a D1 soccer player who became a doctor. You're an insanely high achiever. Where do you think that drive comes from? You know, it's it's interesting. I think um, I've just always had it. You know, I never, um, I think I have, in a, in a strange way, a lot of it comes from a fear of failure and a fear of disappointing others around me. Um, and so if I said I was going to do something, it was really, it was always really, really important to me that I did it because I, I never wanted to let anyone around me or who was supporting me down. And so um, I know that kind of sounds like a negative, but it, then you go through life and you set your mind, you set a goal and you achieve it. And there are rewarding behaviors that come along with achieving those goals. And so it just kind of continued from that point in time. Um, and, you know, I had really, I had a really, really supportive family. Um, and I have to give them a lot of credit and supportive. And yet I was boundary free. You know, I wanted to be a doctor. There was no pressure on me to be a doctor. I wanted to play college sports. There was zero pressure. My parents are like, what are you doing? You know, it's so opposite of what we see in youth sports today. My parents are like, you're going to, okay, that sounds fun. Just as long as you're having fun, you know? So it was just, it was a very different environment. And so a lot of it was self-driven, which I think was great because I could really regulate um, how much I needed to put into something. I, I really did not have a lot of external pressure other than to support, like, if this is what you want to do, we're here to help you get there. Well, I think there's an interesting theme here is you said that fear of failure and fear of disappointing others around you is really a main motivator for you. But I think really where that comes from is you live this life in service to others. So it's how much can you bring to the table to help the next person. And that is really wrapped around all of your goals and your drive, which, you know, it's no surprise you've had success, first of all, um, with something so pure in your heart. But second, it's led, led you to what you're doing today and, and how you've grown. And 
leaving traditional medicine, joining liminal, and now starting Prosper, you and I had talked before a little bit about really identifying and exploring areas for opportunity to grow your career and really flourish in your own strengths and opening your eyes up to that opportunity. And Mm -hmm. there's, there's something about that in your story that I want you to share with the audience. You made this jump from traditional medicine that you had mentioned Mm -hmm. into this new space that you weren't even aware existed before. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that journey of discovery and maybe how might we endeavor on one of our own to find our true purpose and contribution. You know, I think the first step was being open, you know, medicine is such a long path. And I felt like I had had blinder. I mean, I wanted to be a doctor since I was eight or 10 years old. And I felt like I just had those blinders on because it takes a long time. It's a lot of work as many careers are because of the length of time it takes. Not many people take any detours or do a lot of personal exploration at different points. You're just going. So all of a sudden I had this almost too big of a world. And so I was really fortunate. I think the first step for me was finding really trusted mentors and people that I could confide in, can confide in that I felt comfortable saying, this is really what interests me, even if it was so different from what I had been doing and feeling comfortable being that vulnerable to say, I am really ready to switch gears. I am really interested in this. And I know I've been over here on the right for a really long time. And now I want to go way left and, or, you know, whatever up or down or whatever directions you want to go. And I think that, um, so really finding people I could confide in and then really being open to letting people help me. And I think the further along we get in our professional careers, the harder that is to do, because we tend to be the ones that others come to look for, for mentoring and for help and to turn around it. 44 and say, I'm going to totally switch careers. (laughs) I really, I did need help. And I think I had to really learn to ask for it and accept it when it was offered. You know, I was, my husband's a physician. We had two young kids in training and right as we were very junior faculty members, and I didn't even want to have to ask someone to help pick my kids up from daycare. Like I needed to be that self-sufficient. And all of a sudden I had to I need your help. Like I need a job. I need this. And to be that vulnerable, but then to also be gracious to accept it. Um, it took a lot of, um, it took a lot of soul searching to get there. Those are such great points. Being gracious to accept the help once it's offered is such a huge step for somebody who's goal directed and very driven. You want to do it all on your own, but that's your next step in evolution. You said being open to letting people help you, finding trusted advisors and mentors to confide in. How did you choose those people? How did you know who in your ecosystem was someone you should go to that would lead you down the right path rather than pushing you back into where you would come from? As silly as this sounds, like a lot of these conversations, I mean, happened on the lacrosse field of my kids' lacrosse games and just, and talking to my friends, you know, I think, you know, you have you kind of create this network around you that you sometimes don't even know what people are really doing. You have these social connections. And I just started talking about it. I said, you know, I think I'm going to really switch gears. And it was people, it was really helpful to talk to people who knew me in a different role and a different identity than doctor. 
And so they, they really didn't have any, they could look at me in a different light and say, God, I think you'd be really good at this, or I think you'd really enjoy this, or have you thought about this? And so they really helped open my mind and to many different possibilities than I ever even thought about. I mean, I didn't even really know what other careers were out there. And so it was really helpful to have people that knew me outside of my profession and outside of that identity to say, gosh, I think your skill set in this arena would just be so powerful. And so I think that opened a lot of doors and started a lot of conversations that um, have led me to where I am right now. I love this piece of advice because so often we go to our professional networks for career advice or connections. And in this instance where you weren't looking for the same thing, you needed to go to a different source. And considering some of the relationships we have with our with our friends who might know us as, you know, the mom on the sideline of the field and the way that we support our kids or how we show up in the community, you're going to get a different answer, right? If you went to your network, they might plug you into a new job as doctor doing this at this place. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, if I ask my sports network, they might put me as GM in this city. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, Mm -hmm. that's not what I was asking. I didn't (laughs) want those things. So Considering the network and considering broadening that, broadening that lens to include those personal relationships that, you know, to your point, you might not, you might have a good friend on the sideline because you're, you just talk about life. You don't talk about work. You might not know that they're running a PR company, right? And maybe they have some insight and, and advice that's much different from what you're normally getting. Right. So speaking, speaking of these networks and these networks of women, you're working with an incredibly impressive group of women to launch Prosper, a holistic women's performance company. So tell us, what will this company do? Oh my gosh. So I feel just so fortunate to be surrounded by the team I'm surrounded by. Um, this started, gosh, well over a year ago. Um, I looked at, at Liminal, a huge part of Liminal is the community that's associated with, with our kind of nuclear team. And I was the I was the only woman on our kind of nuclear team of partners, but we had this incredible network of women that are just were doing amazing things. And I was like, we have to harness this and we have to figure out how to share this with the world because there people were getting bits and pieces, maybe, but it was almost all of us were adapting everything we were teaching to meet kind of any gender that we were speaking to. And at many times that was the appropriate approach. But a group of us started talking and for a little over a year, timing just wasn't right. And then kind of all of a sudden, somewhat through tragedy and opportunity, all of a sudden we had some availability to make this happen. So our core team is uh, Dr. Andrea Whelan, who is a sports psychologist and former Olympian, Uh, Rachel Vickery, who is a arousal state control professor professional and expert and has worked a lot with professional sport and um, elite military units, et cetera. And then Adrian Wiseman, who is our business consultant, who has a long history in tech and startup. Um, that's kind of our core team. And then the other member was a woman named Patty Brandmeyer, who really kept this vision alive. Like over the years, the last two years when we've had conversations about it, and it just wasn't right timing for everyone. She'd be like, nope, Jen, every two weeks I'm checking in with you. We're going to continue to just talk about this because even though the time's right now, if we shelf it, we're going to never come back to it. So we're going to keep this alive. 
And unfortunately, Patty passed away in March. And at that time, Rachel and Andrea and I sat down and we said, all right, we have to get this done. Like we have to, this was so important that one of our main advisors would not let this die. We all have the bandwidth to do this now. And so that kind of was really the push we needed to kind of take the leap and say, we're going to, we're going to do this. And so we've designed a holistic performance program that is really focused on women and helping and not just focused on giving women tools and foundational trainings, but really helping organizations understand what factors are affecting their female talent and how we can change some culture in organizations so that their female talent feels more supported. And so women stay in the workplace longer and ascend to those leadership roles where we're really lacking in numbers because sometimes the obstacles to get there are just not worth it. I, I have a I have a friend that was hugely successful at a major tech company. And I saw her a few weeks ago. She's like, yeah, I just walked away. She's like, I just, I was tired of making excuses of the toxic culture and I was too tired to change it. So I just left. And I was like, what a loss for that organization. And so I think, you know, our messaging and our vision and mission is kind of two-pronged. We definitely want to impart some education and have these conversations with women to help them adjust. You know, women go through many more transitions in life than men do for the most part, even just biologically, we tend to go through more transitions. And so, and all of those come with unique factors. And so helping women through different parts of their lives have a better understanding. It's amazing. I mean, even as a physician, what little knowledge I actually have about what's going on in my own body. And I have two teenage daughters and like watching them go through puberty and how little knowledge they're given about actually what's happening to them. And then the same, you know, the same thing as we go through menopause and how it changes how we show up day to day and how some, and if we don't understand that, can we optimize the opportunities or learn how to adapt when we're having a challenging day? And so I think it's really providing that knowledge and space for women, but it's also going into organizations and saying your organization is such a better place because you will keep women in the organization. Their women are incredibly expensive to replace leaders who fall out. And we know that teams, I mean, there's great data that comes to approach a problem, the better the solution is going to be. And so that's really our goal is to kind of hit it both levels. Wow. Okay. First of all, like getting this type of support in an organization and to limit uh, the the brain drain of female leadership and and the loss of, of women who've built up the company at the same time that they've risen through the ranks, like what an impact that could make on not only that business, but on our culture and, and what the leaders of tomorrow, who they see at the top. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about how this works. Like, who do you work with? What are some of the outcomes that can be expected? So, you know, we're really open to work with any group that is wanting to learn more. I think, you know, the three pillars that we're targeting initially are sports, uh, mostly women's professional sports um, to help organizations, because most of those organizations are actually run by men. A lot of the coaching and performance staffs in those organizations are men. And so to really say, yeah, how is communication flowing? Are you aware of the issues? Like do your players and does your talent feel comfortable and feel that they have the right space to be able to talk to you about this? Um, And are you, you know, are you thinking long-term about your players, your athletes, your talents, health and life after they're done with athletics? You know, is, are you planning for transitions for them into the workplace? Have you 
mentored them. So working with those organizations, um, we are doing some work with healthcare, especially big academic healthcare, which uh, this is a rampant problem. Um, you know, women make up such a large percentage of the healthcare workforce, but they really fall out at the leadership ranks. And uh, physician burnout is a huge problem, especially post-pandemic. 60% of female physicians are wanting to reduce the hours they're working or leave the medical profession. And when that makes up half of the physician providers, like the healthcare industry will collapse if that happens. If we can't get in and help restore a sense of purpose, um, if they don't start feeling heard and accepted, I mean, if we don't help identify even the income gap, you know, on, on average, female physicians make $110,000 less a year than men. And it, we don't want it to be an us versus them or any of that. Like it's really to create allyship, to create understanding and to create some programming and to give women the tools they need to feel resilient, but also helping change the culture. And then same, the same approach is used in the corporate world to say, you know, we want, we want you to help. We want to help your organization attract, develop, and retain your female talent. We don't want to see that drop off. Um, we want to see women, you know, in the C-suites and for them to feel supported and have a sense of community when they get there. You know, I think there are these isolated women in these leadership roles who then also feel really alone and, and that they, you know, they don't have that sense of community and belonging because there's not very many of them there. Yeah, we talk so often about finding your your community, your board of directors, your circle of women, and you're you're saying here that we're really lacking that sense of community when they get there. It's not inside the workplace. Women are forced to go outward and build it themselves. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you that over and over and over again on this show, leadership is female. The most successful women have been the ones who have built their own. They built their own network. They built their own system outside of their workplace because it wasn't offered within. And that's helped to get them to, <laughs> the, next, to the next level. And we, we talked uh, about how many high-performing women are burnt out. They're looking to do less with their chaotic lives, yet their plates are overflowing they keep raising their hand for more work and more family time, more of everything. What do you say to this woman to help her achieve her full potential? You know, I think I was just having this conversation yesterday. I think you have to set boundaries and be confident in those boundaries. You know, I, I think we, as women saying no is hard. I think, especially when you have been really successful and a lot of that success comes from outworking everyone around you. And I, I feel like that's a trap we often get in. And then you get in that cycle and don't know how to get out of it. I mean, I used to feel like if I was not the first one in the operating room and the last one to leave every day, people would look at me as less worthy. And a lot of that talk came from myself. It wasn't necessarily what my peers were saying. And so it finally was like having the confidence to say, no, I need some boundaries here. And I need... So I think it kind of goes back to what we talked to earlier, you know, it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to set boundaries. And actually, as we all know, you know, sometimes when you set boundaries, you actually, in other people's eyes, almost feel to accelerate your leadership because people, you're less available to people. And so there is a little more mystique in um, 
it's a little more exciting to get to talk to you if you have some of those boundaries in place. You know, I, I was talking to someone yesterday and I, I asked that question. I said, you know, how have you set boundaries for yourself? And they said, you know, I give 150% when I'm at work, but people know when I leave work, I have left and my phone goes off and it turns upside down and I am not 100% available. And guess what? It teaches my team how to solve their problem, own problems sometimes. And the next day when they get there, it's usually not as urgent as what they thought it was anyway, you know? And so I think sometimes if we practice those things, if we say, and it, it almost, you know, I, I know for myself, I had to start so small. I am going to set a boundary that I used to have a phone I'd carry in the operating room that rang on average about every 10 seconds. And then I ended up carrying four phones because one was always busy because it was always ringing. So then they gave me an emergency phone, but then people found that number and so would call me for non-emergencies. So then they gave me a third phone and then I had my personal phone. So needless to say, it was hard to keep my scrub pants up all day because I had so many phones on. But I, these people would call in these emergencies that were not emergencies. And so I finally just said when I got home, someone else has the true emergency phones. If work is calling me now, it can wait until the morning. And like the first night I did that, I don't think I slept. And it wasn't, I wasn't responsible for caring for patients. This was all administrative and organizational work. And I woke up and I had four or five messages, but the day was fine. And no one thought anything of it the next day. I lit in the morning. And so I had to teach. Then the next night I said, hey guys, I'm leaving. And it was fine. It all worked out great. And so I think it just became this teaching moment for myself. And then I felt more comfortable establishing those boundaries going forward. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a busy professional. We can agree we are always looking for products that are convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. It's a water bottle and a foam roller in one. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of class to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps with recovery and gets me back to work faster. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code leadershipisfemale, all one word, to get 15% off. Support Lonnie Cooper, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must-have wellness water bottle. At Leadership is Female, we are serious about supporting you in your career. That includes the tips to get you ahead inside your current organization or provide you with the next big opportunity in a new role. That's why we have partnered with Legacy Search, an executive recruiting firm specializing in mid to senior level executive searches across professional, collegiate, and minor league sports. Check out the openings listed at LegacySportsSearch.com or in our monthly Leadership is Female newsletter. Hint, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, head to leadershipisfemale.com. If you find a job listed at Legacy Sports Search that looks like it should be yours, email us at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com and we will introduce you directly to the opportunity. This is your career. Make the most of it. I don't know about you, but I love learning more about myself. If there's a quiz out there to help me better understand who I am, I'll take it. If there's a journal prompt, I'm using it. But how about a business that helps female leaders communicate effectively while inspiring confidence and trust in those you want to impact? Sign me up. 
Breakthrough Brands is unlocking clarity for women leading progress. They build leadership brands for women to discover what inspires them, define what drives them, and unlock how to share their brands with others. Do you want to gain clarity on your personal brand? Shoot me a note at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com or on Instagram, and we will introduce you to the women who will help you unlock your leadership brand. That's breakthroughbrands.com. Hmm. Isn't it so true? Is Some of it is, is held within and uh, how we allow people to need us. As, as a leader, you know, letting your team find their own answers is going to better prepare them to do their job um, at a faster and more efficient capacity without always having to go up. And so really by creating that boundary, you're creating an opportunity um, for that next person. And I also love what you said here, this mindset of mystique. Like if I have a boundary and I'm not as available, there's a little mystique to that a little, you know, like when I get her, I better maximize my time because I know she's not always available. And uh, I think that's just a, mm-hmm. an awesome lens to, to view this, this issue, this sometimes problem when really it's an opportunity uh, to create boundaries in your life. And, you know, we talked a little bit about your all-star team uh, for our listeners who are looking to build an all-star team of, of the most talented people and support them in their development. What are your three keys to creating a successful team and recruiting top talent? I think being a really active listener, number one. I think as a leader, you have often have where you want things to go. And that's important to have in your mind. But I think if you have a team of such talented individuals, really actively listening and analyzing and evaluating their input is really important. I think one, it it much better informs your vision and your mission and where you're going. It also is makes your teammates, I think, you know, the problem with really high caliber teams sometimes is there's too many great people on them. And so everybody kind of jockeys for position. And so I think the more I actively listen to my team, they feel like they are really contributing on a really high level. And so we, it creates a synergy that everybody feels really valued. So I think that's one. I think two is go after who you want. You know, um, I think that I like being the dumbest person in the room. And when I sit with my team, that's who I am. Like I learn so much every day. And so to not be intimidated by and embrace the knowledge and the experience that your teammates bring um, and not to be intimidated by that. And then I think the third most powerful thing for me is bringing in as much diversity as possible, whether it's diversity of thought, diversity of age, diversity of race and ethnicity. And, you know, that is something that we are still working on and as our team is developing. But I think the more, the more people I can bring in from different backgrounds, um, which is why I don't have a team of doctors. It's why I have a team of professionals that have all different backgrounds um, because we each bring our own set of unique experiences and knowledge base, education, training all to the table. And it, it's very synergistic. And then what we can offer to people is much more likely to resonate with different groups. Um, you know, we don't have a, I mean, I in guess in name and title somewhat of our leader, but when we prepare 
materials or curriculums for groups that work in or resonates better, they take points on that. For example, you know, we might do some work with the military and Rachel has vast knowledge with the military and vast experience. And so she's running point on that project. And then we're working with some e-gamers and Andrea has more experience in that realm. And so she's going to run point on that project. And so I think when you have a team to, um, that is really created of elite individuals, letting them shine and just getting out of the way. It's really my role is to, to orchestrate from behind and then just get out of their way and let them do their thing. I love that. That's uh, that's a key piece of leadership that many leaders are lacking. And I, I think it's because a lot of leaders get to the top by their self-performance. And so then you earn the promotion because you sold X amount or, you know, you performed your job to this level. So you take that with you and you're like, okay, well now at this level, it's higher level, I'm going to do more. I'm going to be more. I'm going to take it all on myself. Well, that's not leadership. That's still, you know, serving your own interests and job description and, and award mechanisms. When you're saying at that leadership level, if you let them shine, in the in what they're doing at their best, that's when the organization really uh, starts to grow and blossom and and become the what it was meant to be. How do our listeners get involved with Prosper? Everyone, I mean, can reach out to us. Our our website will be live very soon, um, and you can find me at Jen at WeProsper.co. Um, and yeah, you know, we we just really we really believe in this mission and this vision. And so, you know, if people want us to come and give a talk or just want an introduction, we're happy to do that. You know, we have kind of our big planning and programming, but we would just love to be involved with anyone that is passionate about this space and, um, or wants help and needs some guidance in this space. And so we're happy, you know, we've given keynote talks and things like that as well as our kind of curriculum based programming. Yeah. And uh, we talked about you being a high achiever. So not only are you, you know, running this startup, but you've taken on a big challenge yourself this summer, getting back to your athlete roots <laughs> running. So what races are you running and how has your approach to sport changed at this point in your oh, life? Oh man. Um, yeah. This summer got a little out of control in that realm. So my, my best friend from high school, she, we always laugh. Um, we were athletes together growing up. And I told her a couple of years that I had retired from all competitive events. And she's like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. So she invited me to do um, rim to rim at the Grand Canyon in May. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do that, I should just kind of layer that into some other stuff. So uh, my husband's turning 50 this year. So there is this trail series. We live in Park City, Utah, a trail series that starts with a half marathon on a trail and then a 25k that goes up about 3,500 feet and down and then a 50k at the end of summer. And so we have signed up for that. And, um, then a couple weeks ago, got roped into another race that actually almost killed us, almost killed me. Um, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. So, um, yeah, so we have our 25k this weekend and then a 50k, um, in a few weeks and, you know, it's, it's interesting. I now call myself a participant, not a competitor, um, which I've actually needed to do because as I've gotten older and I am not a competitive athlete anymore, my mind still sometimes thinks I am. And so, you know, you get to the race and, oh, I, I can beat 
I can beat that person or I can beat that person. And it just hurts me. And so I actually, you know, have kind of redefined my goals this summer of that. I'm doing this with my husband. We stay together, which usually means he's going a little faster than he wants to be. And I'm going a little slower than I want to be. And um, it's been awesome. We've just been out in nature. Our oldest daughter is a a competitive runner. And so she'll join us for training. And um, it's just been a really fun adventure. You know, it's kind of that type two fun that it's much more, it'll be much more fun on Sunday than it will be on Saturday. But um, uh, it's just been a really, it's probably the first time in my life that I don't feel the need to win and I'm enjoying the process. Um, and I think that's really helpful in starting a startup and not having success every day and things taking longer to mature and come to fruition than I thought they would or expected them to. And so it's kind of served a dual purpose as one adopting that attitude that I am enjoying the journey on this on these athletic endeavors. And it's really not about how fast I finish. It's about and trusting the process, enjoying the journey. And guess what? Every time I am crossing the finish line. And so that kind of reward that, okay, it may not look the way I, I thought it was going to look when I started, but I still got to the end point that I wanted to. Um, so that's been helpful. And then just to have the physical outlet, like being outside, doing something hard, completing it in nature with my family. Um, it's been a really nice, ability to kind of shift away from starting prosper. And even though that's my love and my sense of purpose, if I did it all the time, it's draining. Right. And then we've already, you know, we've touched on burnout and the last thing I want to do is get burned out at doing what I really feel like I was meant to do for a long time. And having that distraction um, has been really, really helpful during this development time. And I mean, you come up with these great ideas when you're on these four hour trail runs, there's just a lot of time to think about things. And it's so true. I wish I had a better way to record notes while I'm on my run, like fumbling with my phone and trying to do like a voice note. I'm like, I'm going to forget because I'm going to get so tired by the end of this run. This idea is going to vanish in thin air, but I, I'm so happy you drew those parallels between your racing this summer and your, your startup and your passion it's, that was kind of like twofold for the question. One was just to showcase one more time, what an achiever you are. (laughs) Um, But the other part of the question was exactly this, like what you're pursuing in your personal life with these races is, is something separate from your business, but it has these, these parallels and these threads that you're pulling through with enjoying the journey and that you don't need to win, but enjoying the process. And when you're living in and working in your true purpose, if you're slowing down a bit, making yourself open to the opportunities, it's all going to unfold for you and, uh, and work in your favor. Just the same way you're going to cross the finish line, you know, whether you sprinted and and stumbled at, you know, to the end, or you enjoyed the process the whole time, like Mm -hmm. that journey uh, is, is going to get you there and, and finding that success. We've got final four questions on the show. So the first is what's your top piece of advice for women to apply today to level up tomorrow? Oh, I know. I thought about this one a lot. I think be confident, you know, trust yourself. And that's easy said, hard to do. You're good at what you do. You're talented. 
And when we back down from those challenges is when we miss opportunities. So just be confident and the world will unfold for you. You just have to go get it. It's not going to come to you. You got to go get it. You got to go get it. So true. Where are you traveling to next? Oh gosh, nowhere exciting. I get to go to Morgan Hill, California for lacrosse. I'm sorry for anyone that lives in Morgan Hill. It's lovely. Um, and <laughs> this is a pretty low key summer for us. We're just, you know, going to relax and visit family in Arizona. Nothing says fun like 115, but it'll be great. Um, it, it's just a really low key adventure. Next big travel will be uh, Italy. What is your pump up song? Oh man, I have two teenage daughters. So we are in Taylor Swift land. And right now I think karma is on repeat in my car. And finally, what is your favorite quote? So I thought a lot about this and I went through a lot, but I always have to just come back to lift as you climb. Um, and I know that is sometimes a little bit cliche, but I just feel like that is my mantra right now that I, I have been the beneficiary of that. And I hope to be that for others that there is, it's not enough to nudge open the door. We got to pull those who are behind us. We got to pull them with us and help them see what they're capable of doing. And I'm so grateful. I had the people in my life that did that for me. And it's my turn to do that for others. Oh, I love that. Well, Jen, I know you're going to accomplish all of your goals as you always do with this phenomenal team that you're working with at Prosper. Uh, we can't wait to watch you succeed. And also we can't wait to see the impact you make for women in business. So again, if you guys are interested, reach out prosper.co. You've got uh, Jen at weprosper.co and website will be up soon. We'll be sharing that in the show notes. Jen Wagner, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us. Emily, thank you. I really appreciate it. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, when it comes to seeking new opportunities, take off your blinders, be open to let people help you and graciously accept their help. Number two, set boundaries to make yourself less available. This creates mystique. Number three, when it comes to recruiting top talent, be an active listener, go after what you want and seek as much diversity as possible. And number four, when taking on a new endeavor, don't feel the need to win at every turn. The wins will come. Enjoy the journey. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Time is your most precious resource, and it means the world that you spent it with us. Please help us reach more people who need to hear these interviews by hitting the subscribe button and the five-star rating on your iPhone. Do you know someone who could benefit from this interview? Please share it. Take a screenshot and post your Instagram stories, copy the link and share on LinkedIn, or text that link to your colleague. The Leadership is Female podcast exists to showcase female leadership in sports and entertainment and give you the tips to level up. We will extend a hand back to lead you forward. Extend the same hand by sharing this with someone who needs to hear it. One last thing. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at leadership is female. Now, Take this lesson and run. Let's go.